Hello, everyone. Today, I had the chance to speak with co-founder and CEO of Locale, Danstar. I was also joined by co-host Kevin Tang. How's it going? Thanks, Kevin. Locale is a location-based dating app that partners with local venues to try and facilitate more in-person interactions. Locale participated in Boston University's Summer Accelerator and competed in the new venture competition last year. Plans to launch its app later this fall and has a number of partnerships with local Boston venues. Today, we recorded at the Boston Podcast Network, also known as Pod 617. If you want to create your own podcast, reach out to producer Dave at pod617.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Justin Dorado, and welcome to Hey Founded, a show dedicated to providing young entrepreneurs with practical insights into creating and growing their startup or project. We feature Boston's premier entrepreneurs and founders to share the nitty-gritty details of how they began and grew their venture. This podcast is intended for any individual interested in learning more about startups, entrepreneurship, or growing their venture. Whether you have never thought about business before or have already built a team and raised funding for your venture, there is something here for everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome on to the show, Dan. It's good to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, just a, a little preface to the show today. Kevin is joining us. Um, he's going to be co-hosting this one with me. Um, Dan, the premise of today's show is to talk a little bit about how to you know, support yourself financially at, while running a venture after just graduating from university. You've been doing this for the last year and a half, two years. Really curious about that. But first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your business? So I'm one of the co-founders of Locale. Locale is a location-based mobile dating app. So we let our singles match and meet in the same physical building. Mm-hmm. So right now we're rolling that out to bars because think about it. Bars are organic, natural spaces for singles to meet new people outside of their immediate social network, especially when you leave that college bubble. How do you meet people without using a dating app? You have to go to a bar. The problem that Locale is built around is that dating apps are pretty bad at creating dates. They're actually just matching apps. And I don't think they claim to do anything else than that when you read the fine print. They'll convert, or to say this in a different way, the average user will only meet one out of every 12 of their matches. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually even less for most users. This statistic is proliferated by super users. So a handful of uh, IG model types are meeting more of the (laughs) average person. But that's an anomaly. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, locale is born out of my and my co-founders frustrations with dating apps we're not meeting anybody we're having this fake kind of digital games yeah it's it's not organic you know it can be very stressful it can almost be a negative experience and so we talk to a lot of users of dating apps hundreds maybe 600 or so and the consensus was that a lot of people felt that dating apps weren't helping them meet people. They weren't going, whether it's for a formal dinner date, a quick meetup, whatever it may be, people felt like 70% of the people we talked to felt like the hardest part of their entire experience is finding that opportunity to meet with their matches in person. They have matches. That's not the problem. There's just no motivation to meet them in person. You're in Mm -hmm. your pajamas. It's a Tuesday night. You're on your couch after work. You're not going to meet up with these people. Um, So Locale is designed in a way to create more organic opportunities to really meet people. And there's a whole kind of anti-catfishing, be-yourself aspect to it, for instance. You have to take a selfie when you're about to go to a bar to use Locale. That'll be your profile picture. You can have other pictures, but um, it's baked in through all of these users' stories about frustrations from a new generation of dating app users, Gen Z and some late millennials. Because you got to remember these dating apps were made by 
uh, the millennials who are now in their late thirties, they're all married. Yeah. So they don't really know what the singles want. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like dating has changed and it's not really built for Gen Z at this point, right? Not at all. I mean, you, when you look at when Tinder came out, it was 2010 and nothing like this existed. Mm-hmm. I think Match.com was the preeminent mobile uh, digital dating solution. So it's a website. Yeah. Could you imagine opening up your MacBook <laughs> so that you can meet somebody for a date? That's that's ridiculous. No. That being said, I think there's a certain demographic that does that. Mm-hmm. It's just not young college students and recent postgraduates. So that market's not being serviced properly. So back then, there's all this hype. You know? Yeah. You're meeting people through a cell phone. But that can't be it. We can't just settle for that Mm -hmm. one generalized solution. There has to be a bit more of an intuitive approach that incorporates what modern dating channels are. Ergo bars. Bars are a huge part of that. There's other expansion plans that we have too. Got it. So when did this kind of become something that you started to take on more seriously? When did the venture, you know, start to catch some speed essentially? So it began in 2020, August 2020. A couple of my friends were starting companies and we had just came fresh off of a pandemic vacation from college. You know, everyone was sent home that spring. Yeah. It was the end of my junior year. I was moving on to my senior year. And I thought, well, you know, things are kind of unsettled and a lot of my friends seem to be doing pretty well with startups. So what can I do? I looked into what am I engaging with the most because the best way to start a company is to identify a problem you have firsthand. So I thought apps are cool. Me and my co-founder, we brainstorming on a patio. I remember it specifically, actually. And we look at the screen time of all of our apps and we notice dating apps as a category are are the predominant category that we're using. So we're using dating apps more than any other category of apps besides maybe messaging and core functionality. And that, I think, is what set us about that journey. And you asked, when do we get really into it? I'd mm-hmm. say around 2021. Okay. January 2021, we began, we began becoming affiliated with some of the more official BU innovation programs, speaking to uh, mentors and sorts. Uh, I think that's around the time I actually met you, Kevin. Yeah. And, and Dan, quick question. So that time you just mentioned, how did that relate to your graduation schedule? Like, where were you yeah. in college? So winter... Uh, 21, January 21, I was more than halfway done with my senior year of college. I'm graduating on time. I'm going to be a f- normal adult, May 21. Um, and that's around a point where I think I made a conscious effort saying, I'm young, I have energy, I want to put my eggs in this basket. I remember we were in that career counseling class, Kevin. Um, and I think what sparked our connection was how dull that class was. It was really boring. <laughs> They're saying, well, here's the track to do this. Here's the track yeah. to do that. In retrospect, I don't even think they really knew what they were talking about. I've learned so much more about the, me and Kevin were both business finance people. Yeah, I've taken, um, I've taken that yeah. class as well. And I learned more about what the real world finance track looks like by working in the startup ecosystem than I ever did in school, mm-hmm. which is another interesting thing we could get into. But um, I just remember being like, I'm not, I'm not going to fit the cookie cutter. Yeah. I got to go make my own. That makes sense. Um, so, right. So maybe a quick question was before you got very involved with this startup and you decide, I really want to dedicate a lot of time to this, you know, let's say freshman, sophomore, junior year, what were your original plans coming out of college? When I was a freshman, I wasn't in Questrom yet. I started off in the College of General Studies. So that's kind of like a gateway program to see like, are you, most, most people complete it. Like you get to be you, you do this little program, they send you off to London and mm-hmm. then you figure out what you're actually going to do. 
Um, and I wanted to do, I always knew I wanted to do business, um, finance. I think just from like the appeal of it and like a really surface level sense, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, I, I, lo- I was trading stocks for fun, yeah. like, you know, really just kind of uh, like a hobby type perspective on it. You know, I didn't know at the time that I wanted to start a company. Maybe it was in the back pocket, but I didn't, I wasn't actively seeking out the resources in our community for that. I also had a a similar route to kind of getting into finance at BU where I think I was a little brainwashed by just all the allure of what a career in finance looked like. So I I get that. You know, today's today's episode, we really want to focus, funny enough, on how to maintain yourself, you know, sustain yourself financially. Roaming Adventure is obviously a very stressful endeavor. You made this decision to pursue entrepreneurship. Were you thinking about finances? Were you thinking about your well-being from that point of view at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's well to preface this, you know, I'm I'm lucky that I had family that was always interested in my college experience, but in a way they were also kind of accountable mm-hmm. for me, right? Like I have to tell them what's going on. And in, in some shape or form they supported my journey. So, I owe that to them. It's it's weird to sit your parents down and be like, "I actually don't want to make money yeah. for a year. I want to do something that's incredibly risky." Um and you kind of have to gear them up for that. Um that kind of began with me just presenting the idea of locale and getting their initial reaction. I got to say, they were really excited. They're like, that's an interesting idea. I, we haven't heard of that. That's good. That's kind of when I knew that, okay, like I'll, I'll be able to figure out the other brass tacks, mm-hmm. got that stamp of approval. Um, other than that, it really just comes down to confidence. Like mm-hmm. something that I'm still working on being confident in myself. Cause you really only need your own permission to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents were a gatekeeper for me as I sure they am for most college students. But aside from that, if you can just believe in yourself, you probably don't need anyone else's approval, which is something that's still taking me a while to learn. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure that can come from parents, friends, family. Is that something, you know, you got the stamp of approval, but is that something you still experience a little bit? I am. Yeah. I remember I actually was driving back from New York to Boston a couple weeks ago. I called Kevin. Mm -hmm. I'm just really stressed about this exact predicament so no shape or way do i mean to convey that i've figured it out i really Mm -hmm. haven't um but i'm working on it yeah so you know as the venture goes on like the narrative of what i talk to like with my parents because they're still super interested in it um and they want to hear progress updates and they've been supporters of it um it changes from this high level like i'm gonna be like a silicon valley guy like some tv show to like really brass tack stuff like they're talking to me the way that like a board member or an investor would and yeah. Um, they obviously have concerns like I'm over a year now removed, two grades removed from college. I graduated uh, May 21. There's mm-hmm. been two classes to graduate since me. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, two classes to progress. One has fully graduated. So I'm sacrificing some earning potential on the career ladder. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. Um, just in the upfront, though. So so they're definitely like, you know, objectively concerned, like some of your friends are going to start making maybe six figures if they're doing what you had studied or they're doing what you had studied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your game plan here? I'm like, I got to wait. I yeah. got to keep working um, without making money. <laughs> right. So quick question. So you talked about getting approval from your parents and talking to them like they're board members now. Yeah. And you're talking about forgoing earnings and whatnot. I'm just curious, when you were an undergrad and you were still deciding that I want to dedicate a lot of time to this out of college and I'm going to be sacrificing earnings, what was some of the calculus that was going on in your head? Like, what were some of the ways that you were projecting your living expenses? What were some of the ways that 
you anticipated, you know, getting money in the bank, either through your parents, who are now, I guess, your board members, right? Yeah. Or, you know, winning grants or a part-time job, of which I know you have. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. When I graduated um, college, I had a three-month lease left in Alston, the college town for Boston University. So I was going to ride that out with my co-founder. We really wanted to push for something called the BU Summer Accelerator. A lot was hinging on our participation in that in the summer of 2021 as like a kind of formal catalyst to us being able to pursue locale with kind of like all the approval of these third parties and, and which retrospect is the worst way to do event do, uh, do a venture by doing it to kind of seek approval, you know, um, something I could talk a bit more about. But so I was full time on locale alongside my co-founder for about five, six months after graduating college. I did that until about October. By the way, we didn't get into the summer accelerator program. We just kind of toughed it out. It was really staring into the abyss, way more so than now. There's much more security now, uh, which I can talk about what it feels like to have more security and assurance that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, it was really just a, a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it got to a point where we added a new engineer to our team, and we were in we ended up beginning the first product development iteration around, uh, it was going to begin around November, but like the plans were ironing out come October. I'm like, I probably could get a job right now. I could probably make some money. I don't need to work on this full time because now we've come to a point where through various progression and we did like a whole test event mm-hmm. where we validated locale with the market. We're like, it's time to build. I can I can go support myself. So since October to now, I've been doing I've been doing a job, and it is a it is a good job. Like it, what's it what's the job? So I'm a sales development representative, and in a traditional sense, you could consider that a ladder job. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of growth opportunity to become an account executive, do something like work in uh, customer success. I work at a, a B2B SaaS company, which is kind of like a dying segment, unfortunately, right now with market conditions. Mm-hmm. But but at the time, it was a really hot market, so I knew it would be easy to get a job. I got one in like a month. And uh, how how many how many hours a week is this job? What's uh yeah? How are you managing? I, I'd your time? say I'd say it's I can do it in three to six hours a day. Three to six hours. A day. So for okay. a for a job that's considered like a career job, that's that's below average uh, time. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say that the thing that got me to this position, I think, was just like cleverness, like mm-hmm. like looking like what is the best way to make. Uh, good money in an easy fashion, right? Like, cause I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing with like a job that required me to, I'm also remote right now, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of ways you can just zone in and maximize your time. A lot of time people go to the office or something and they're like distracted, you know, they're getting coffee, they're talking to their friends. I, I can get this done at night, three hours alone, talking to nobody. Boom. Um, that that's just also just the mindset too. And you spend three to six hours on this job. Do you, is this the first thing you do or is this yeah, so I embed um, locale work into my schedule, and mm-hmm. locale tends to take almost all priority. For instance, we're on the it's the working hours right now, but I'm doing this. Yeah, uh, hope my bosses don't hear. But it's a very flexible opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. The big thing as to why I wanted to do this that was important for my development. Yeah, was that this is a startup that I work at too. I'm not going to say the name um, mm-hmm. of the company I work at, but um, you can't learn organizational structure and what like a series. B C company looks like if you're 21 and you don't have like mentors that have done it or you work at a company like that. Mm-hmm. So that's been valuable to me. There's other ways to learn how to do that. Um, but thankfully, you know, um, doing sales and learning how to iterate that component of our business. Yeah. You got this job, you're covering your expenses. 
what are the main cost buckets that you think about and how much, you know, you're, you're a young Boston entrepreneur, 20, 23, 24, how old are you? I'm uh, 23 turning 24. So 23 turn, turn, turning 24, how much, how much do you need? How much do you need to, you know, get by? My rent is about 1100 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so a pretty good deal for Boston. Great deal for Boston. Yeah, uh, not bad at all. Yeah. Food, obviously, maybe 150 a week or less. Some weeks we cook a lot mm-hmm. in my house. We cook like big batches of food. Too good to go oh, is something that any entrepreneur is going to have to really become comfortable with. It's like Uber, except it's like $3 a meal. It's food waste savings. That's a real startup that can benefit uh, your bottom line as a founder. So I eat too good to go all the time. Mm-hmm. And my, about you know, how much money do you think you save through that app? Through that app, as opposed to ordering Uber, hundreds yeah. of dollars. I mean, so that makes you have to go that, pick it up, but that makes a really big difference. Yeah, for someone with not a lot of money. Yeah, you got to cut out some of the some of the luxuries. I mean, I still have fun. Mm-hmm. Still, I still even get to travel a little bit. But um, I'm certainly not maybe having as much fun as in the proverbial spending sense, mm-hmm. the having fun by spending money to get X fun output as some of my other friends might be. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sure that's the right way of having fun. Anyways, no, it's so. definitely not. I have fun just doing locale. Yeah, as um, you should. Yeah. Hey, this is Dave. I'm the producer, CEO, and founder of the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. We're a proud supporter of Hey Founded. I hope you're enjoying the show as much as the dudes did recording it here in our Westwood studios. Now, if you would like your own podcast, we'd love to work with you. Go to pod617.com to get started. You can record here in our Westwood Mass studios or anywhere around the globe using a remote microphone that we will send out to you. We'll take care of the whole thing for you. Intro, outro, editing, posting, hosting, the whole deal. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. Kevin, I think this is an excellent opportunity for you to plug something that you use to get by. Yeah, absolutely. So... As I said, I'm a student founder as well, covered in the last episode. And as Dan said, there are plenty of ways you can make ends meet if you're a little bit clever. Um, I'll start off with a better way, like the more honorable way. So one thing is that for a lot of young startup founders, software is a really big cost. So things like um, you know, Amazon computing or a certain SaaS platforms or whatever, prospecting software it's really important for a young startup to have access to these tools so they can grow it. Um, If you ask and you email and you tell them that you're a student, you would be amazed at the different softwares that you can get for free. So for instance, I'm working with a hardware startup. One of the key softwares we have to use is SolidWorks, which is a major computer-aided design software that tons of engineers use to design mechanisms, right? If you were a normal large company, like let's say like Boeing or GE, they typically charge $70,000 per seat per year for someone to use a wow. software. We emailed their... St- they have that occurs? If you want. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? It's a whole employee. They have a startup program, and many companies do. And if they don't, if you email them, they'll make one for you. And we basically yeah. emailed them and said, we don't have a lot of money right now. We're young entrepreneurs. This is our vision. We're hardware, so we need your software can you cut us a deal? And they gave us two years, two seats for free. That's incredible. And I'm not surprised at all. And to add on that, I'm, I'm a member of AWS Activate. Um, so they give me $6,500 a year 
uh, in AWS credits. So it costs practically nothing to run locale because we're a startup and we're affiliated with an accelerator program. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So there's all sorts of clever ways that you can save money on software and really yeah. make your, your expenses, at least during those early operating months, zero. Yeah. Yeah. As and business l- expenses too, I think are, I'm way more in tune with trying to finesse that over the, per- like there's, there's a lot of ways to work around the business expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have one. It's for j- just using school resources. I, I don't know how this works when you graduate, but for me, I've been using PitchBook for creating like some of the graphics. On Same. Our I've been using Instagram. PitchBook all the time. PitchBook's really expensive software. Yes. For me to just get it for free is absolutely nuts. I have access to all of the Adobe Creative Cloud. Like yeah. that's thousands of dollars a year that I'm just saving. Um, so just utilizing your school resources in every way you can is pr- pretty important as well. I think, Kevin, you also have a really good personal expense hack. Do you want to? Yeah, absolutely. So I sa- as I said at the beginning, I had two ways to save money. The honorable one was asking nicely for software. The second less honorable one is I'm actually on food stamps right now, <laughs> which, you know, some people raise an eyebrow at. But, you know, these programs exist to help people who are in need and you know oftentimes trying to do greater things with their lives they're sacrificing opportunities in the present earnings in the present to try to create something greater you know for society right yeah so i can just tell you a little bit how that works so we live in massachusetts right so we have the snap program um if you're a student or you know you're a recent graduate like food stamps is for everyone right you can actually apply to the government and they will give you an ebt card and if you qualify, they will give you on the order of two to three hundred dollars per month that you can just spend at any grocery store on food. And in addition to that, they'll give you around forty to fifty dollars that you can purchase uh, that you can use to purchase any fresh good at a farmer's what market. What are the requirements for that entry? I guess there's an income threshold. There, there is an income threshold. I'm not sure what the exact number is. I just know that I'm poor and I was poor enough right. to qualify. Well, I know. I so, know. Yeah, we've definitely talked about. Yeah, happiness, but um, absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's so essential that young founders are frugal with their money, and if they don't yeah. have money, you got to find out a way, find a way to get through it with zero cash, or even if you raise money, you got to try to stretch every penny as far as possible. Because the yeah. reality is that the death of most startups is they run out of money and they can't raise more money. I think the thing that definitely gives me the most anxiety is actually when we raise money. When it comes time to pay myself. Mm-hmm. My co-founder pays himself. It's like we want to make sure that we have good habits because that's like really your own money. Like that's not even salary. Like that's money you went out and got invested to you. And if you're going to pay yourself, you got to make sure you have like good financial habits because it'd just be terrible if you just wasted money that you paid yourself before. You- yeah. Just something that I've been talking and thinking a lot about as we prepare to raise. Are you... Are you talking about just the temptation of having this big pool of money? No, 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 no. Um, you obviously, if you're raising money, you're probably pretty rational and yeah, um, pretty professional at that point. To you, all you investors have, listening, anywhere. you have a you have restraint. Yeah. Um, but you allocate yourself something. So mm-hmm. it may be something small. Like I may give myself a twenty thousand dollar stipend mm-hmm. um, for the whole year, and then yeah. I'll be on food stamps with Kevin or something. But it's like. I have to learn how to make that money last, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I mean. Okay. So just getting it all at once also is like a little difficult too because probably no one gets yourself. paid that way. You yeah, know? you probably wouldn't give it. So 
when you raise the money, that goes in your business bank. Something that we're doing really good is mm-hmm. the separation of our business assets yeah. from our personal assets. We have a, a business EIN. We're an LLC. We're converting to a Delaware C Corp. Mm-hmm. We have a credit card. We have a bank account. So no locale money ever gets spent uh, for anything that's not locale. Yeah. And for the most part, anything that is a locale expense gets paid for by a locale card. All those are separate from my personal and uh, if I have to eat a locale expense out of pocket, you know, I do that. But it's never the other way around. Okay. Yeah. And Dan, quick question. How do you manage your accounting? Do you just yeah. do this on the Google spreadsheet or yeah. what, what's the method? We right now, since we don't have any revenue, we don't have to pay any taxes other than incorporation fees. Um, for an LLC, it's 150 a year in the state of Delaware. Mm-hmm. For a C-Corp, it's something of the magnitude of $500. And then you have a registered agent's fee. That might be a hundred. We don't have a full time lawyer right now, so nothing to worry about there. So to answer your question, yeah, it's it's pretty much just looking at the statements. It's not that much stuff right now. Um, as it goes up, we'll have to migrate to like a, a digital accounting platform, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to likely occur in the next six months or so. Nice. We don't have too much time left. I just kind of want to wrap this up and ask you if there's anything that you kind of wish you did differently in regards to managing expenses and anything maybe you thought you did right? Yeah. When it comes to managing expenses, I think keeping rent as low as possible for where I live, Mm -hmm. that's about as cheap as it'll get. Yeah. We have mice. Um, It's a really old place. (laughs) We don't have a dishwasher, but I like it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what you kind of get. Um, and then I think that, you know, there are t- one of the hardest things about being a founder, I think, is knowing when you can't do things that your normal friends around you do. Mm-hmm. Um, people our age go out a lot. They drink a lot of alcohol. Um, a lot of my app is meant to work in bars. I have to have drinking some alcohol and gone out to understand that intuitively. Um, you just can't go out all the time. I think that in my circle and ecosystem, that's a big trend is that young people love to go out and party. And I can't blame them. I like to party too. Yeah. Sometimes you can't party every week. Okay. And I have another question. So given that this is really challenging and that your peers are doing all these different activities, which are pay to play and you are actively in travel, you know, getting fancy gym memberships. Um, Maybe some of my friends are getting my more disciplined friends are getting mortgages. You know, Mm -hmm. there's the other end of having money is being a smart investor. I would love to have like income properties, for instance. Right. Um, But Uh, not not to cut you off. Alluring great stuff. Expensive gym memberships are awesome. Trips are awesome. So but you're making the conscious decision to forego those things. Right. Yeah. What do you what are you telling yourself? to stay disciplined and to to give it up. I don't really care about making uh, money <laughs> um, as much as beyond the point of having money to live mm-hmm. uh, relatively comfortably and safely, like, like being able to pay my copay at the doctor and eat every week without being stressed about buying food. And yeah, um, I care about building something like mm-hmm. I just have to create like I am a creator. The money will come if it if it works. You know, I'm confident of that. Um, but I can I can I can forego that for a long, long time. And uh, the question is, can you? You know, not you guys, but the listener. <laughs> can mm-hmm. you forego yeah. the IV drip of money to be a genuine creator and create value in the economy? 
Mm-hmm. Right. I think you uh, you put a lot of woes to ease. Hopefully, I um I know there's a McLaren in the parking lot, and that's definitely going to make me feel <laughs> some sort of way when we go back into Kevin's car. Kevin's car is not a McLaren, by the way. It is not it a McLaren. Be. It will be. Dan, I had one last question also, a little add-on to Justin's previous question about things that you could have done better. When you yeah. look at the expenses that you've had with Locale over the last year, the last two years, what is, some, what is something you spent money on that you wish you could have taken back? And what is your advice to other founders as to be careful spending money on this? What would you say? I'd say um, we, our burn is maybe like 2K a month. Mm-hmm. Um, most of that goes to the engineer because we have to cost allocate it on a monthly basis, but really those are like kind of lump sum payments. But other than that, the next biggest expenditure right now for us is branded marketing material. So little flyers, digital graphics, I would say, um, there's definitely stacks of flyers and stuff that cost like maybe like a hundred dollars, not nothing crazy, but a hundred, two hundred dollars for like five hundred little flyers that we're never going to use again. It has a QR code I lost access to. Yeah, it has an outdated message. Um, if you're in something that you need a lot of awareness, you know, don't go crazy on Vistaprint. Um, that's a small, <laughs> that's a small one. Um, Yeah. And also, I guess on a bigger thing, I don't regret the way that we spent our money on engineering. So we have an in-house person and we're scaled to add another one. But I almost spent it in a wrong way, right? I've spent a lot of money and equity on a team that wasn't with me. Be careful about how you pay engineering talent specifically, because that is, in my opinion, based on the work I'm doing, um, the it, it is a skill. Yeah. That requires payment unless you're a technical co-founder. Um, mm-hmm. That's just the nature of that market. Be careful and make sure you find an arrangement that will work in the long term when it comes to that topic. Um, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit about your business, a little bit about yourself, and a little bit about how to maintain some financial s- sustainability. Um I really appreciate it, Dan. Do you want to let people know where they can find you, your handles and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. So Locale is coming out um, this fall. It's TBD because mm-hmm. App Store is very an, a very unpredictive ecosystem. Um, you can find us at www.locale, with an E, so L-O-C-A-L-E, date.com. Um, you can also go to bio.link slash locale. You'll be able to find all of our other handles there and download the app. Great. And how, how can people get in contact with you? Um, there's an email over there. Um, you can, you can shoot me an email off of the website if you want to get in touch. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. This is fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give us a follow on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Hey Founded, and you can also find us on Instagram. Thank you.